Hey, this is James Campion, the author of Shout It Out Loud, the story of Kiss's Destroyer and the making of an American icon, and you are listening to my buddies Tom and Zeus and the Shout It Out Loud cast. Rock on, boys. Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? I'm looking for paintwork. <laughs> what's this? This is Jake calling about the ad. Huh. Yeah, see, they made a mistake in that ad. See what it says in the situations wanted? Yeah. See, yeah. a lot of people call me up. I'm looking for work. Yeah, I know what it's like. Oh, you painting that union? Nah, I don't go with that union shit. You know, I'm a painter. I paint everything. I just did some job on my car. I used the roller there. It came out beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. We're up to episode 161. This is Killers. Ooh, so, so dangerous. Yeah. So you know what today is, too? We're recording on Groundhog Day. Do you uh, know what that means, right? We're going to do this over and over. No, no. It over. means it, it means if Paul Stanley sees his shadow, <laughs> we get six more weeks of pizza tweets. <laughs> six more weeks of <laughs> pandemic, Paul. <laughs> oh, <laughs> fuck. We'll get to that. Self-absorbed fucking stupid shit. Um, how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> I think it's an insulting thing. Yeah, you got the water running all day. Uh, Tom, we yes. had a pretty good episode last week. We had our buddy Eddie Trunk uh, on for Eddie Trunk Part 2. Mm-hmm. We did a poll based upon one of his one of the questions that we discussed, right? Yeah. So we talked about a lot of things with Eddie. Um, so the poll was about the our, our thoughts on the band's final show. We spent a lot of time talking about what everybody's opinions are, if there's former members are going to show up or whatnot. So the poll question was simple, yes or no. Do you think Ace and Peter will be part of the final show? 69% said no. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just they're being a little negative or if they're just being realistic. I don't know. We'll fly through a couple comments here. Um, Our buddy Lance. I don't see Ace and Peter being at the last show, but it wouldn't shock me if they appear in a special interview as a DVD bonus extra when it gets released where Paul and Gene are not in the room. In parentheses, heavily edited, of course. Uh, Yeah. A special DVD bonus. When's that going to come out before or after Dubai? We'll find out. (laughs) Um, the, our, the, our buddy Dubai, wait a minute, Dubai <laughs> that never gets old. It's the ultimate punchline. Oh, I was gonna fucking post this yesterday, Tom. We got some like fucking spam email. Did you see this? Aromax, your day post CBR delivery is on its way. So I on my phone, I clicked on it. Won't do it on my computer because I no, want no, to no. keep my computer. Yeah, and it's like. 
your package delivery from Dubai is coming. I was gonna say, oh no, it's, it's online. It's oh. Dubai concert. The fuck is this? Can you believe that? Thirteen months. Oh God, unbelievable. Um, Sonny, our buddy Sonny says we are in denial if we think Ace or Peter will ever be in makeup on a Kiss stage again. Okay. Fat man on guitar says Kiss has a long history of overpromising and underdelivering. When they announced the end of the road tour, I gave serious thought to go into the final show, but the more I thought about it, I figured there was no way to deliver on the hype. Yeah, the, sh- the show's not that bad. We- we've had our comments about it, but Party Man says I voted yes, but I guess I'm one of the few that keeps hoping they're going to do it. And we'll see about that. King Kusano, I hope they will, but since that's what's us, the fans want, Gene and Paul won't ever make it happen. Fuck John Gross. John Gross, I agree with Tom. The last show will be Gene, Paul, Tommy, and Eric. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Sean Hammond, old men hold grudges. And even though this should be about the fans and not one last hurrah and one last hurrah, there's too much emotion and greed involved. Hmm. Baseball and death. Great episode as always. I actually think they will. I don't know about makeup, but I think they'll be part of it one way or another. And I hope if they're not, Ace really lets them have it in the press. He's hilarious. He can make them look really stupid if he wants. Nobody can make me look stupid better than I can. So fuck those guys. This is Archibald Fraley. <laughs> uh, this sounds like it's Ace Fraley. No, I'm his cousin, the attorney talking. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, Clark side of the moon. There's a greater chance that Paul makes prosciutto on stage. <laughs> Come on, man. Uh, I'm going to get- sue those fucking guys for punitive damages that they're giving me. God. I'm going to bring my my new bride, Rachel. <laughs> I'm going to have one of those side guys on it and fly down the fucking highway doing 120. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Our our buddy, Joel Hoffman, always spreading tidings of good joy on social media. We love Joel. Always a pleasure here to hear Eddie talk about Eddie. Did you know he's good friends with everyone? (laughs) He says he won't see this anyways because he blocked me a long time ago. You think? Jesus Christ. Then Ray Farrow kind of saying the same thing about it. We had a look. I'll just sum it up. But we had a lot of comments. We know. We've had our issues with Eddie. Uh, you know, he's we, we've we've grown to have a relationship with him on the show. We understand he likes to name drop. He's friends with a ton of people. That's his thing. He's been around for 40 years, you know, knowing all these people. So whatever. Ken and Satan service. Eddie knows his stuff and is very informative, but it gets annoying with the constant reminders that he's good friends with everybody. I still enjoyed the episode. Love what you guys have done in 2022 so far. Yes, that's true. Um, let's see what else we got here. Oh God. Yeah. I'm not reading that one. We'll skip that one. And, uh, we'll go to you Zeus on the book of face. That's it for Twitter for now. Sean DeHaan. Great episode guys. I don't agree with Eddie's viewpoints at all, but I have to appreciate his passion for the band and music in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack broad. Great episode. I checked it out while trying not to die on my way to a gig yesterday. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, Joe Decker, great show, guys. Eddie is always very interesting. 
One comment on Bruce's band being the opener for Kiss. I don't think Paul and Gene's tremendous egos would ever allow it. Reason being, Bruce's band would blow those old men away. I've only seen Bruce's <laughs> band on YouTube, and I've heard your comments from the crews. From what I heard, they're heavier, tighter, way more fun to watch, and they're playing the songs that haven't been beaten to death. It's fresh and exciting. Kudos to Bruce for assembling such an awesome band. Thanks, guys. Keep up the great work. Wait, did he just say it's fresh? Exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting to me. Yeah. Fresh She's fresh. Uh, Devin Fox chimes in. Yeah, Devin L.C. Fox. From? Cobras and Fire, baby. Completely agree. Having Bruce open would be as great as they are amazing. But this is why they have a painter opening versus <laughs> any band at all to avoid the risk of being upstage. What a great it was point. that or a puppet show. What Plus, a great, great point. Bored people wander and buy merch. Those are excellent points. Yep. He also went on to add another great interview and really enjoyed the bit about the biography. First round of interviews being scrapped, the cutscene about Beth being missing, and also Eric Card discussion. Solid Q and Eddie seemed to enjoy his time on the show. Nice. Thank you. Adam Nirenberg, great episode. I listen to Eddie every day on XM. I've been a listener of his since his days on WDHA in New Jersey. I love when Eddie gets all riled up, poke the bear. <laughs> a couple things. First, I heard about the Tokyo Soundboard record. I Still Love You is not full band. It is part of the intro to Black Diamond. The full band has not played the song since 1995 with Bruce and Eric. Mm. Ace was drinking a fountain cola <laughs> while that was happening. As far as Kiss 2.0, what I would love to see is the tribute band, Mr. Speed. Yes. Become a sanctioned tribute. They can either record new music composed by Gene and Paul, or they can play songs composed by classic 78 which mm -hmm. hits the heyday of the original lineup the way they can remain a recording and touring entity mm -hmm. again another home run for the show love the deep analysis without the pandering mm, thank you over on our loudcasters group page uh virgil stay great interview guys podcast gold Ooh, do you. i want to read this from matt wallace I don't know. Do you? Another great interview, guys. I love how you ask tough questions with Eddie. I hope they never do Kiss 2.0. I think it's a terrible idea. Oops. <laughs> oh, here we Here it comes. <laughs> I just oh. had a little slipper. Little slipper, you ask? No, we didn't. <laughs> Go no, ahead. we didn't. Stop telling us. This Stop, Stop telling us. Little slipper is obviously he shit himself, but go ahead. That's where your finger link breaks through your one ply toilet paper and slips about four to six inches into your potato hole. Get it? Finger link potatoes. Sorry, guys. I have to go get a toothpick to clean under my fingernails. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, come on. Oh, God. Fucking guy. Oh. Uh, Jason Warden. Great interview with Eddie. Well, I don't share his views of the current kiss. I'm going to enjoy them until they hang it up. He had some valid points, especially on the set list. I've come to expect the same old, same old since the reunion, the timing of the show, the lights, the pyro, et cetera. 
have to be considered thus same songs. He actually defended in doing so. I think it's definitely more than Paul would have done for him. Took the balls to come on the podcast once, now twice. Glad he's a friend of the show. Yeah, but he did say there's certain songs, and we've talked about this, that you can substitute, have three or four that, hey, while this song in the set list, yeah. we might switch it out for two or three other songs. And work that with your yeah, you could, you could sw- guys yeah, and stuff. You, you could switch out, like, a hundred thousand years and throw in she or come on and love you. We've, we've said this a million times. There's no reason why they can't swap out two or three songs. Tons of bands do that. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah, we're not going off on a, a fucking, what do you call it? Rant here. Oh no. A set list rant. No. Mike Murphy. No. Is Eddie friends with ACE. <laughs> Paul heater. I can never say that. he's got to tell us how you say his name. Great episode. You guys keep strengthening these connections and you'll be sipping mellow yellows with Ace soon. Oh, that's a goal. Yeah. Hey, what the fuck are we drinking here? What is that? What the fuck is Zoom? I don't even know what this means. Never mind the soda. Get me a box of Cracker Jacks. <laughs> Maybe a slice from Pizzeria Regina's. <laughs> I like mine without anchovies. Um, Scott Sunders, Eddie Shore has a lot of close friends. Oh boy. LP Sterlino. Uh oh. Still saving the first interview you guys did with him for my next aeroplane trip. What? This will be saved. That was too. a year ago. <laughs> this will be saved too. I know. How does he know all our inside jokes and he hasn't listened to that one? Let us say January isn't over and you guys have absolutely insane guests. This month, the rate is crazy. Gene will be knocking on your door soon. I'm sure of it. Best kiss podcast bar none. Thanks, guys. Sterlino, we love you, buddy. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Brian Stone. Part two is killer. You guys have even gave him crap about his New York Giants. Great. (laughs) Listen, learned a lot. That's right. Yep. Uh, Brian is a uh, another fellow Patreon member. That's right. I too. Yep. On our Instagram, our buddy Jake Donaldson Racing. Yeah. This should be great. Yeah, our uh, Instagram is really picking up. We got a lot of follows there. Maybe one of these days I'll fucking put a lot of effort into it, but we appreciate the followers. That's the part of the online that I am doing. So, yes, we thank you there, guys, for that. Um, over on you do. <laughs> you do. Tale of a kiss geek. Oh, I listen to the show every week. I know all the lines and always know what's coming next. My question is. Why, for the last few shows, has it been, now we have question of the week, as opposed to, hi, this is Ed Spongebob. I didn't didn't think we were going to. Flick tea shop. Obviously, there's a reason. And yes, I too want a review of the Kiss costumes. There's obviously a want for it. You guys would add humor and make it really entertaining. Please do it. Glenn from Dublin. Okay, right. Glenn. All right. So uh, it's it's pretty basic. We 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 talked with Ed and he sponsored our uh, our question of the week. And uh, it's a new year. We have uh, 
uh, a few people asking us if they can sponsor it. And so, uh, you know, until we decide what we're going to do, we're just uh, doing it this way. And if you, the listener, the fan, the kiss tard, whatever you want to be called, if you want to sponsor our um, question of the week, week hell yeah, yeah. reach out to know. us. Yeah. Send us a DM or an email. We'll yep. let you know. Yeah. And that's him. We still have a relationship with Ed. Ed is a great guy. He still runs all our merch and everything. So, oh, yeah. yeah. I hope that answers your question over there in Dublin. Yeah. Oh, that's a fucking bad Irish accent. And as far as the kiss costume things, we'll, 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 we'll get to that. We talk about the costumes when we do our tour reviews. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Michelle Keaton, not Michael Keaton. And it oh, threw me off. Okay. I'm a huge hockey fan from Minnesota. Go Minnesota wild. I only watch football because of the Vikings. That's pretty much it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Did we talk about Minnesota at all during the episode? <laughs> but it's fucking hilarious. Okay. All right. I, uh, I like the, I'm a Vikings fan too, but, but that's <sighs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, Maybe she was on the wrong YouTube page. I don't know. <laughs> Craig Broderick. Please don't forget a weekly Rachel Gordon update. Oh boy. When do we do Rachel Gordon updates? Do well, we? we've done it. We've done it before. I, I don't know what, what's my impression of her. I don't know. I don't we don't I really know. have one. It's just, no, we just, it's just like, we just I need to be fed. I've been living in the desert. I just ate my cat's fucking poop from the kitty litter. Look at I this picture. I took of this. Uh, this picture, it's a dirty toilet bowl. I'm, I have nothing, to, nothing to do. I don't know what to, I don't know what to do. He just left me in my own blood and piss in this, in this desert. I have no water. I'm going to be, you live in fucking California. The fucking social fucking, the social safety net capital of the world. If you require assistance, they will get it to you. But. They're not going to give you a mansion because you fucked Ace Frehley for 12 years. <laughs> I take care of her. Don't worry about that. Hey, Rachel. Now, you plug me this time. <laughs> I don't know what he was. she was saying. But regardless, fuck Rachel Gordon, that nonsense. Anyways, Devin Dungan. Great episode, guys. I found it very interesting that Eric Carr was going to go out with Ace for a club tour. Mm. Love episodes like this. Very informative. I have much respect for Eddie Trunk. Cool. Thanks, Devin. Um, <laughs> our buddy Muddy White jumps in. Yep. I knew Paul wouldn't let him play on one of Ace's songs, but I didn't know about the club tour. But the hypocrite did his own club tour. No wonder Eric stopped talking to him. Mm-hmm. Good point. Great yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Antonio, 2005. All right. Why am I not surprised when Eddie said that they removed the scene in the kiss documentary that Peter was bashed for not giving permission to use Beth. I prepared myself that kiss will play a final show with no ace or Peter on stage. If they both appear, then a true miracle will have taken place. And the money was just right. Also, did someone check on Paul Stanley's fridge to see if he bought sausage this week for his pizza post on Twitter? <laughs> That's fucking great. Yes. Um, And then let's end with our buddy, Marty. Uh, Marty White. I like how Eddie directly answered Zeus's question about Scrappy-Doo singer looking bored. 
He yep. was tripping all over his word in a high pitched voice like he was Jay Leno. <laughs> he said he hadn't seen Kiss in a long time. Later, he said he saw the Dubai show. You know, the one was scrappy, dressed like he was in gym class and debuted his laundry folding talents. I figured he is buddies with Scrappy and he's going to sign him to a new version of Megaforce record oh after Kiss vanishes. <clears throat> Do you think Paul and Gene will let him take his iron board? Oh God, nice. God bless you, Marty. Nice. You're the man. Uh, Tom, do you got any emails for us? We do. We got a couple here. Our buddy Mike H. Great show, but I wish it was longer. I can listen to Eddie for hours. I don't agree with every opinion he has, but it's undeniable that whatever opinions he has are based in fact. He is one lucky son of a bitch. This man has no ability to play an instrument and became a rock celebrity for sharing his opinions and being in the right place at the right time. He shares his opinions and people want to know what they are. That's it. Musicians appreciate his honesty and friendships have developed over time, but that won't stop him from telling it as he sees it. Some people can't handle that and have blacklisted him. If you remember the feedback I sent after his last appearance, I have been a fanatical supporter of his since the 80s. Thanks again. Oh, good email, Mike. Thank you, buddy. Dan Hool. Hey, guys, love the podcast. Hey, whoa, whoa. Is that the kid that was a mutant? Dude, I, I, was, I knew you were going to say it. I was going to say the same thing. Do you yeah, remember I don't know. him? Yeah, he was one of the mutants. Yeah, he was like fucking like he looked like Quattro, that that animal that came out of Arnold's stomach in yeah. fucking total recall. He was yeah, like, we, by the way, if anybody if anybody <laughs> wants to know, that's a Stonehill thing. We had a, these bunch of guys that lived near us and they were all fucking weirdos and they, we nicknamed them all the mutants. And they were all just fucking weird dudes. Yeah. So, so I don't know, Dan, if you're the mutant guy, I don't know. It says you're from central Florida. I mean, you know, we, yeah. we <laughs> and I'm sure you appreciate the fact that I, they, I said you look like the mutant creature. And then we just told all of our talking. listeners that we went to school with a bunch of weirdos called the mutants, but that's okay. Yeah. Hey, hey guys, love the podcast. Thoroughly enjoyed the episode with Eddie trunk. Say what you want about Eddie, but the dude knows his stuff and he enjoys taking deep dives into topics that we all want to hear discussed. You are 100% right. That 90-minute podcast flew by. Eddie's name dropping gets a little tedious, but he's still entertained to listen to keep up the great work. Take care. Awesome. Thank you, Dan. Justin Steele, great episode again. It's a testament to how well you guys are doing to have Eddie come on a second time. We know you guys have some different opinions than him, but it's great how it's all opinions are allowed on your show. couple things on the discussion. When talking about Bruce's band, I couldn't agree more when I watched those sets on YouTube. It's so exciting to hear those deep tracks, and they do it so well. On the final show of Kiss, I think the relationships are so damaged over time that a reunion will probably never happen. The money is just one of the hurdles. It's an absolute shame. It will be like them not playing at the Hall of Fame induction all over again. It's really never about the fans, even though they say it is. Keep the great episodes coming. Jay Steele, Justin Steele. Thank you, Justin. Glenn Barth. We won't know how the powers that be will bring us the last show, but if the last show is a true celebration of the band, of course, all members and heirs should be included. Here is how I would book it. The opener would be Bruce Kulik's band, followed by Ace and his solo band, which, by the way, are the shit. Yes, they are awesome. Uh, Peter could join on a song or two with Ace. Vinny could sit in on a couple of numbers in either set. When Ace and Peter are done with that set, they go back and get into costume. Kiss comes on with the current lineup. To the end near the encore tommy and eric make way for the original four to play a couple of songs for the last song rock and roll nights a free-for-all bring everyone out to jam i think that would cover it all imagine how much of the catalog would be covered in one night and it would truly be a celebration of the band in its entirety 
And yes, I would pay a shit ton of money to be in attendance that night. Great show as always, guys. I'll hang up and listen to your thoughts. I love that nice old sports radio reference there. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn, great email. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Everybody's got their own thoughts and opinions and wishful thinking on that final show. So who knows what's going to happen? All right. That's it for email. And we're going to go back to Zeus for uh, one final thing. Actually, Tom, I have a couple DMs. I want to. Okay. Our buddy Nicolino. Yeah. Nicolino went back and listened to the hits album review. I'm dying about you guys talking about Gene in his jeans with the gunt <laughs> your heart video <laughs> jesus christ i can't stop laughing fucking tito great opportunity to throw it in tito give me some tissue give me some tissue uh gunt. Yeah. yeah it's gunt <laughs> i have another one here this one's from twitter on our dm this is from costa Fucinus. Thanks, guys, for the Shout It Out Loudcast stickers and the two shout-outs during the show, which, by the way, are getting better, funnier, and more popular. None of the other podcasts can be listened to for more than 15 minutes, but I can laugh with you, too, for three hours easy. Tom, happy to hear that you and the boys are feeling better. Thank you, buddy. Awesome. Yeah. And over on Instagram, we got a DM from Greg. The Hammer. Valentine, uh, if I live <clears throat> in a world where Eddie Trunk can appear on Shout Out Loudcast, then Kiss reuniting for a final concert has got to be a possibility. Thanks for delivering another great podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Um, our buddy Joe Decker sent us a DM on, on Instagram as well. But Joe, I'm going to save that for the album review crew. It's more for yeah. that. But thanks yep. for writing in. Yep. And then, Tom, I have one last comment to go through, um, and uh, let me get to it now. And this is from Kelly Jem Blair. Every episode from you guys are classic. The last three have been awesome. James Campion rocks, as well as the talisman in Eddie Trunk. Made me think of this little jingle. I'm so proud to be a shouted out loudcast fan. Gives me a swagger. Of the mongoloid man. Oh, God. On revenge, Paul exclaimed, I just want to employ the tree planting services of Chris and Kusana. Oh, man. Love you guys. Fantastic. Yes. And because of that, Kelly, Jem, Blair, you have become a two-time comment of the week. My baby's a two-timer. All right. Yes. Love it. Awesome. Let's, let's stay on that, Tom. Because we have two new Patreon members. Yes. And who's one, who's one of them? The aforementioned Kelly Jim Blair. Hell yeah. And we have a new Patreon member to join them. And that is LT Shoes. Yeah. Not to be confused with LP Storlino. No. But obviously that's an alias, and we have no idea who he is. Nope. Or who she is. We need to thank you both. Thank you guys for jumping on our Patreon. Um, we can't thank you enough. Every month, 
it just seems like we're adding more and more people. The the family's getting bigger and better. As a matter of fact, yesterday, Tom, I, I decided to put that video of uh, some noise that was heard on our album review crew episode. Oh, so I have the gosh. video of it and I decided to throw that on there. <laughs> I think a few of you guys got a kick out of it, but uh, we'd love to keep our Patreon account very active and we appreciate everything you guys do. You've made a lot of this show possible with your contributions and help. If you want to be uh, helping us or get involved in the show more or anything else, please go to patreon.com. Go to the app, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, or look in the show notes where it says Patreon and click on it and see if anything about our Patreon account interests you. You can uh, look at the different tiers, there's different costs, there's different rewards, there's different perks, all of it. But we are active on it. We like staying involved and we like getting you guys involved. As a matter of fact... We're going to let a little bit of a cat out of the bag a little bit a and little. let you know that as you guys are aware, we're getting around that time, that March Madness tournament. And with that, Patreon members will have a role to play in our Kiss March Madness tournament. So if you're not already part of Patreon, Jump on board. You're going to love it. Uh, and again, thank you to Kelly Jen Blair. Thank you to LT Shoes. And thank you to everyone that's part of it. And for everyone that uh, is interested, please take a look. And we're happy to answer any of your questions. And we really, really appreciate all your support. Thank you guys very much. Yeah, you guys are the best. Amazing. And we can't uh, can't thank enough. Big special thanks to the the new contributors, Kelly Jem Blair and LT Shoes. Amazing. And, uh, you know, that that Patreon family keeps growing and we can't tell you guys enough how appreciative we are um, and how it helps the show. It helps the show continue. It helps the show grow. And we're just uh, forever grateful for for what you guys are doing. And, you know, we're trying to give you guys something back with the little perks and the tears that we have. And, uh, you know, Zeus said it a um, little bit of a teaser. March Madness is going to be here before you know it. And stay tuned because Patreon is going to have a hand in that in some way. And uh, you can bet that the details will be forthcoming. So um, that being said, we thank you guys uh, more than you can even imagine about how grateful we are for you. So thank you. And for the newbies, too, that <clears throat> come on and join, don't forget, there'll be another album review crew Patreon pick coming up soon. Mm-hmm. You guys can get involved in that as well. Yep. Um, so thank you for all our members on Patreon. And let's go over to Kiss World. Yeah, nothing really huge going on in Kiss World. Kind of just some stupid shit that we like to make fun of and tease. Um, of course, Gene. Oh, God. The official Twitter page of Oreo Cookies <laughs> tweeted out. For our 110th birthday, we hope you never stop wishing. And Gene retweeted and says, congratulations, Oreo, on turning 110 years. Coincidentally, 110 Oreos is what I'm capable of devouring in a day. Really? that You're the god of thunder and you're retweeting Oreo? Dude. Well, 
it's it's more rock star like than giving people lectures about the sanctity of Mr. Rogers on Twitter that Paul put up. Dude, Honestly, God, we all love Mr. Rogers. Okay, of course we do. Everybody like, with a I, fucking everybody with a soul does. Okay, but like Paul Stanley has to. The always thing that's funny about this shit with Paul and like lecturing us about you need to be a good man like Paul, like Mr. Rogers, like always telling us how we can be better and you, we should be this type of person, this and that. Except for Peter Chris, fuck that asshole, <laughs> dude. Look, he, Paul's tweet. This, this is how condescending he's. He so is does, is not aware of his tone. This was his tweet. If you're one of those too cool, and that's in quotes. <laughs> if you're one of those too cool people who chuckle that Mister Rogers wasn't as hip as you think you are, <laughs> right there. That's the first sentence right there. <laughs> Fucking come on! Did somebody like approach him with this shit? I don't know. Well, no, he retweeted uh, 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 something well, about yeah, but Mr. like, like was yeah, was this I, an issue going on in social media? Was and then he something go, like a no, no, no? That he no, needed gave, to put the record straight. It gave Paul a platform to be a pompous, condescending asshole. And then he continues: <laughs> take a minute to add up as many acts of selfless kindness you can remember doing for others. Maybe then you might be woke enough to try following <laughs> in his footsteps. Um, um Paul. Woke and being kind don't exist in the same atmosphere. So, and not to mention, he put woke in quotes again, too. Like, what what point are you trying to make other than being just passive aggressive condescending? I am better than you. I how though you how that's just the thing. Um, <sighs> but the, the other part to this is like um the woke label gets placed on his side of the political spectrum. So who's right. he pointing oh, yeah. the finger at? Right. I don't know, but whatever. I'm tired of this shit. I know. They're not, there's nothing new. I hear that, you know, the supposed tours coming back up in Australia and stuff. We'll see that goes. I hope it works well for everybody down under and they, they get kiss and they get to see him one more last time, hopefully without sharks and they get to enjoy the show. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Um, right. Right. Bruce has got something that just came out. Yeah, he Bruce is. Uh, we, we shared that on our social media. He's uh, got a, a new Bruce Kulik T-shirt, kind of like a star logo with his name on it. Star, cool. star, uh, kind of cool. If you're into that, you know, Bruce having some uh, merch, which is cool. Um, and then we got a thing going on here about. Oh, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh I, yeah, I yeah. Take a step back on that. Go ahead. Our buddy over at Right Between the Eyes podcast sent us a DM about that. By the way, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up. I want to bring up those guys. It's a good kiss podcast. Those guys are just starting out. It's uh, I, I've checked out a couple of their episodes. Three guys, father and son are two of the three. Good guys, big kiss fans. Very cool. But I do want to mention, <laughs> they sent us a DM. Go ahead. From one show to another. Did you guys catch the union snafu? The band's record label that is re-releasing their two studio albums screwed up. And had them for sale tonight for <laughs> February 1st, 2022, instead of March 1st, 2022. Uh, I was able to purchase one of them before they took it down. I thought there was another announcement in March, and these were already out. This is the platinum signed edition of the Blue Room. In, of the Blue Room. It was literally for 30 minutes before they saw they made a mistake. Thought I'd pass it on. Well, we appreciate that. And uh, check them out. Right Between the Eyes podcast. Yep. 
Yep. And yeah, so that's that's the other thing we would talk about. Bruce announcing that Union uh, looks like they're going to be getting re-released on some special vinyl collector's edition. Our buddy Darren Hunt shared a couple of pictures. Uh, and apparently, yeah, the, the, the sale did go live and they caught Oops. it and took it and took it down. Uh, but if you're if you're into Union, I know a lot of people like Union. You know, you get Karabi and those guys on there. Um, now, it looks like Tom. Yes. Those three of those four will be at Creatures Fest. That's right. That's right. So, so yeah, it looks like they're going to be releasing those on vinyl. And some of the sets look really awesome. Again, our buddy Darren posted some pictures. So stay tuned for March 1st when that goes uh, live. We did share that on our social media as well. The post from Bruce um, hyping up the release. So it's kind of cool if you're into that. Uh, I know I'll be checking it out. Some of that union stuff is pretty cool. So, yeah. One last thought, Tom, before we move on. Um, and you weren't aware I was going to bring this up. Go ahead. But a couple of people are just fucking getting into Kistard mode on our Loudcasters group. Oh, I was going to jump in on that. I was going to save that for the near the end, but since you brought it up, go ahead. No, it's just look, we like to push the envelope and have some fun. And you can tell me that I'm smoking crack because I like uh, music from the elder better than Ace's album. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I don't care about things like that and stuff, but you know, <laughs> there comes a point in time, like don't come swinging. Uh, if you're not prepared to get some shit back, there's been a couple people that are like, well, yeah, you fucking tell them this dude. Tell me personally, go ahead. DM me, DM the show. I don't give a fuck, but they want somebody fucking put something up about, Oh, look what Eddie Vedder said about fucking Motley Crue. I don't give a fuck what he said about Molly Crew. Eddie Vedder's annoying, but I love Pearl Jam. Go fuck yourself. You don't like him. Go fuck yourself. You do like Molly Crew. You don't. I don't care. People are just, everybody's so quick to pick a side. Or you have to be this, or you have to be that. Who gives a fuck? Dude, I don't care. I don't care if your fucking panties getting a bunch because, ooh, you're mocking the mock dork bands. Ooh. Like, who cares if you like them and you can go see that band live on a fucking cruise with your friends? I'm the idiot that's not enjoying what a great time you're having. What do you care if I don't like those bands? Right? Like, I don't care that fucking Eddie Vedder said something stupid about Motley Crue. I don't agree with that comment, but I'm not going to like, oh, you're right. I'm not going to like Pearl Jam anymore. Yeah, that's it. I'm throwing this all the way. You proved your point. Yeah, me and Tom are idiots. What the fuck is wrong with these people? Yeah, Loudcasters exists for a reason, okay? And that ain't one of the fucking reasons, (laughs) okay? All right? You know, if you want to come after us in the context of something that's going on with the show, ARC or something, but our group is getting to be almost 4,000 people, okay? We do not want to turn into a place where people think it's an open form to just start getting into a fucking pissing match about different things. Yeah. Cause it ain't going to work. It ain't going to last a challenge to us, Tom. It was yeah, I know you need to explain this. What am I fucking his defense attorney? I need to fucking defend anybody. Like, if I, I need to do to, shit. Okay. Well, you can yourself. also go fuck yourself while I'm defending <laughs> that too. We could do that at the same time. Meanwhile, keep listening and, uh, you can get your shout out loudcast merch on clicktshop.com. Absolutely. Just- After you're done fucking yourself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just people are like, there's a right way and a wrong way. Hey, guys, this is why I don't like Eddie Vedder. 
He fucking says stupid shit like that. I like both. I can listen to Motley Crue, Shout at the Devil, and say that's one of the greatest albums. I can listen to fucking uh, Pearl Jam's Yield album and say that's fucking just as good. I That's me. Who cares if you don't like it? Who cares if I do? <laughs> People are that, just- that, that, be, that being said, we love the passion. We love you guys. After you're done fucking yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just let's keep the fucking group funny. Let's have more LP Stolinos going. Yeah. Let's have <laughs> no. some funny memes and some stupid shit. Yeah, because I think he did put something funny up recently. And then somebody went after him. <laughs> he fucking destroyed him again. Oh, somebody. I think it was somebody was buddy- like, oh, is this supposed to be funny? Oh, yeah. Our buddy Craig posted something, too. I DM'd him about it. He posted something funny about Paul. Somebody go- and somebody responded like, oh, you feel better acting like a bully? <laughs> and and he's and Craig was like, "What? What the fuck are you? Like, what? Do you not bully Paul Stanley? Yeah. Do you pay attention to what this group is? Like that's like we're just fucking around here. Now we're not fucking going to Tim Breen level. That fucking guy. Oh, Thinking Stanley. <laughs> Thinking Stanley here." <laughs> Dude, I do not want to like his shit. I don't want to like it. But every once in a while, he can't sneaks look, something on our I can't shit. look away. <laughs> he cracks me up. But Tim, I, I mean, I almost, I know you're going to say no. I almost want to have him on to do like a psychological breakdown of his brain and go, what the fuck do you do? Every Why do you day? hate him so much? Yeah, like, I can't think <clears throat> of other people like that have this much piss and vinegar towards a celebrity like you does on him he must have i don't get it he must have been wronged (laughs) he must have been thinking chef boy id (laughs) no it's chef chef boy do i sink give some fuck tim move on it's okay fucking people but this is why i every week when it's time to record with Tom, sometimes I'm like, oh, fuck, I got to get all my notes done. Oh, it's going to be. T-. And all of a sudden, there'll be like a kiss tard moment. Oh. I can't stop laughing. Like, oh, these- There's plenty of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> One last time, Tom. How does he do it? Thinking Stanley. I <laughs> <laughs> leave Paul alone, would you? We're telling him to leave Paul alone after we just shit on him for being an asshole tweeting about Mr. Rogers. (laughs) You called him a pretentious, self-absorbed asshole. Yeah, yeah, Tim, leave him alone. Yeah, we don't do that. All I was saying is that you know he he likes to lecture everybody except for except for Peter Chris. He can go fuck himself. (laughs) Anyway, Tom. All right. All right, let's let's take a break. And I'm going to go into therapy sessions with fucking thinking family people, and I'll be right back. We're back here with Chef Boy. Do I think? <laughs> oh man, <sighs> we created a monster with. We him. have an episode tonight, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. And a great one. I've been looking forward to this one. Fuck yes, yes. So, Tom, we're talking about Killers, yes. that compilation, that unique compilation, because everybody, when we were growing up, was like, what the fuck is this? Where is this? What is this? I remember this album. Let's talk about 
it's almost like an album because it's got four songs on it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, this is not your regular compilation. This is like a compilation album review. Kind yeah, it's of like that. a fucking deep purple album. It's only four songs on it. Yeah. It's a full album. Every song is like eight minutes long. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pink Floyd. Yeah. <laughs> Side one is 18 minutes. What are you talking about? Um, anyway, Killers. First getting into this album. I, I this is after I obviously I didn't had no memory of Killers before my uh, first breakup with Kiss. As we always talk about, I don't remember Unmasked. I stopped at um, Kiss with Dynasty, and that was it. Then I got back into Kiss afterwards, and when I went to Detroit and got animalized and saw that my cousin playing that eighty four and stuff. So I got back into Kiss. When I started going backwards and getting stuff, I just remember seeing like, what is this fucking killers or seeing magazines with discographies the same way about having, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, music from the elder, because it wasn't readily available at every record store. I'd be like, what are these weird things? I'm like, is this a real album or is this a bootleg? I had no idea what it was. And when I finally got it, I was just, holy shit. Those four songs to me stood out. And, you know, at the time, I didn't meet Tom at Stonehill. I was on an island with Kiss. I didn't have a Kiss buddy. I didn't have anything. But I would play these four songs constantly because they were so different and so unique. And I really got into Killers a lot. And, uh, again, uh, not when it came out, but when I got back into kiss 85, 86, I had the album, the cassette, I bought the CD and I went out and finally got a version of the uh, Japanese version, which has the actual extra couple songs on it. Um, I was always a fan of killers and uh, I'd love to hear what you think. <clears throat> yeah. I, I actually, it's weird. Cause I, my earliest memory of killers was just kind of hearing about it. And because it wasn't released in the States, it it was always like that kind of elusive, mysterious kiss album that like you couldn't get your hands on. And it had the cover had this, you know, we'll get into the cover, but it was always like that mysterious kiss. I'm like, what is this? Why why can't I get this? Where can I get this? Oh, this songs on here that aren't on any other album. Like, what is this? And then I, I think it was probably right around when the CD era really, really got kicked into gear, like late like late eighties, like early nineties, right around like that junior high, high school era. And I think that's when I, when I found the CD, cause at that time when CDs came in, it was kind of easier to find stuff like this. And I remember just being like shocked. I'm like, wait, this is a compilation with new music. Like this is weird. And then of course, you know, the German logo and, you know, there's two versions of it with the German and with the regular U S mm-hmm. logo. But yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's, it was a unique album. Um, and I think for me personally, it is, it still has that kind of aura, that mystique to me as a Kiss fan. I mean, lifelong Kiss fan, Killers has been around for 40 years. I, I still think it, even, even looking at it right here, it's still to me like that, that different Kiss album that kind of sticks out. Yeah, that sounded so weird you saying 40 years. But you're, oh, right. yeah. Yep. I mean, we're dating ourselves, but I, I still feel like, oh, yeah, the 80s were like 10 years ago, 15 years yep. ago. Yep. So that's Killers in our recollection of it. Let's look at the album cover. What do you think? Yeah. So I have the being a vinyl kiss tard. 
I have the um, the beautiful German pink vinyl gatefold with the uh, poster on the insert. You got a poster with that? Yeah, it's got a poster. The thing is yeah. fucking. The thing is gorgeous. I'm gonna hold it up. You can see it's like shiny. Yeah. Like the thing is the thing, and it's got a gatefold. It doesn't have my watermark on it, but it's for your enjoyment. If you want to, you can email me, and I'll remove the watermark, and then you can enjoy it. For yourself <laughs> and for your own pleasure. Now, the cover itself, okay, obviously it's pink. That's the thing that strikes you. Um, but it came out in 82. It's very, very, to me, very new wave-ish. You know, the pink, it's got like the the yellow stripe, um, the back cover and all that. Rio. Yeah, exactly. Duran yeah, Rio, the, the, pink, the, the pink triangle. Killers is written in this ridiculous font to make it look like it's like shaking like an earthquake. Um, the band looks fucking amazing. They're in their elder costumes. Paul has a stupid fucking purple bandana and his little like uh, Italian grandmother necklace beads on. Um, but Ace, Ace Gene and Eric look amazing. Uh, again, I, I thought the cover s- sticks out. I mean, the only, my only complaint, I was looking at this. I'm like, the cover kind of reminds me the way they're all sitting together with their heads together, it kind of reminds me of like, like a go-go's album or something like a, like a, mm-hmm. like a chick band from the eighties, like all being like, Ooh, like posing together, you know, in a group photo. Um, but you know, the colors are of the time They're you know, they're eye catching their eye popping. It, it's a European release. So that probably has something to do with it. Um, but I think the the cover is just very, very of its time, but I think it's iconic. I think it's eye catching the colors and the costume just pop out. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a fan of things that remind me of an, a band at a certain point in their career. Yes. And this really does, because remember now, this cover is the first cover you'll ever see of Eric Carr. Correct. Yeah. Right. It, yeah, yeah, because you have elder... a fucking hand. Right. That's right. Eric yep. makes his debut, looks, and he's fucking dead center. Yep. Right. Um. Yeah. Gene with the fucking hair pulled back and the ponytail just I don't know. Um, but I find this stuff <clears throat> interesting. I have both versions, and both versions have either the you know the German backwards Z yep, or I have both the as well. Regular S. Yep. Um, and you guys should get the other version. Basically, we'll get you know, we'll go through the songs, but basically the Japanese version has Shandy and Escape from the Island on it. And that's your favorite version because it has Shandy and Escape from the Island. Oh, yeah. I'm yeah. a big fan of it. Yeah, and that's also the version that Apple Music offers, which is weird because Apple hey, Music... Be, be, more yeah, songs. Be, oh, it, has a, yeah, it has Shandy and Escape from the Island, which I thought was interesting because that's supposed to be the, the Japanese version, but that's what you get on Apple Music here in the States. So let's go through some facts first, and we'll talk about the album a little more, and then we'll get into the songs. Uh, Killers were released... June 15th, 1982. Mm-hmm. It was released outside the U.S. And it's available as an import. Uh, Polygram was upset basically with the uh, what they had done with The Elder and its lackluster sales. And they're like, put this out in Europe you know, or outside the U.S. where you're actually still popular. However... We're demanding that you play some rock songs on it. Put a couple new tracks and put some rock songs on here again, like hard rock songs. And that's what they did. 
They are also recommended to uh, bring in some new songwriters. They did Brian Adams, Adam Mitchell, uh, Michael Jap, who, who wrote a couple of the songs, I think three of them on Paul Stanley's solo album. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was around there. They bring in a total outsider in Michael James Jackson to produce this. And this will be his first of his trilogy. And because he goes on to produce Creatures of the Night, which we discussed, and he goes on to produce Lick It Up, which we haven't. Mm-hmm. And he was in the preparation to do Animalize. But I always want to read this funny part because you can always hear the uh, the uh, the audio version of Gene's book yep, where he talks about this, Kiss and Makeup. Polygram decided to release a greatest hits record in Europe, only that it was going to be called Killers. We needed four new songs for it. So we got together with a producer named Michael Jackson, whom Paul and I liked very much. He came from a dis- different musical background, but had some good ideas. He had produced Jesse Colin Young from the Youngbloods, one of my favorite bands. On meeting him, I strongly urged him to do something about his name. I mean, two Michael Jacksons just wouldn't fly. I suggested Michael James Jackson, and he did change it to that. Oh, my God. I love Gene. I love Gene. Is there anybody that likes to give himself fucking more self-fellatio? Oh, my God. Simmons. I love it. Yeah. So the parent company of Kiss's label, Casablanca, was Phonogram. And at the time, Kiss had contractual obligations for a Greatest Hits album. And because they considered they, you know, had a couple of years ago, had put out double platinum and there was a lot of live albums. They said, let's do it overseas. Kiss is kind of dead in the water in the States anyways. So that's, that's why killers was that elusive, you know, import non us release. Um, yeah. And they, they pretty much, they demanded you guys have to write new songs because the elder sucked and we got to get back to rock and roll. And if you listen to these new songs and we'll get into it, cause we're going to break down the, the, the new songs. I mean, even when you read about this, the comments from uh, Bob Kulik, which we'll get into and Michael James Jackson, you could see the transition into Creatures of the Night from these original songs into the album yeah. Creatures of the Night. It's all kind of around the same the same time and the same sound. They were starting on the second out al- of that album right around the same time. Yes, exactly. So the other part, Gene goes on and elaborates. The writing process started. It was clear things would be different. Ace was nowhere to be found. We would deal with that issue when and if we had to. But for now, we had work to do. Four yep. new songs were written by Paul in co-writers. One of the Paul songs needed a bridge. So I suggested a melody line he didn't care for. I saved the melody and would later reuse it as the centerpiece of a song called I Love It Loud. No oh boy. Yeah. Um, so that's what Gene was saying about the beginning of that. Um, again, Ace had no part of this album. Nope. So he was because- on the cover. He was on the cover and that's it. Yeah. It's the same thing with Creatures of the Night. So he was contracted i think that he had to do performances promotional stuff but Mm -hmm. he didn't perform anything on this uh bob came in bob kulik and he has the best quotes about this oh we'll get to bob's yep and uh bob did all four new tracks yep okay um and they were kind of you know testing this out seeing what's going to be maybe for the next album hard rockers hard rock songs moving to somewhere else let's see what goes um, technically, Tom, I don't know if I mentioned this earlier, 
This is the second Kiss compilation ever. Yeah, Double Platinum was the first one. Yep. 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 Um, the album didn't chart in the US, obviously. It did go number six in Norway, 21 in Australia, 27 in Japan, 41 in Sweden, 42 in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that I would like to mention about this, I love Michael James Jackson. I think he's a very unsung hero. Oh, yeah. Kiss in history. Yep. If you heard uh, the Creatures of the Night review, you'll hear why I think he's fantastic. The problem I have with this album, it is very, very unmasked like production. The songs seem as though they're not done. There's like, I feel like I'm listening to a boom box from the 80s and like the trebles off of the bass. And if you put it too loud, it doesn't come in clean. Like there's something off on this. It doesn't come clean. It sounds like demos that didn't get put through because we'll get to the songs. I don't think the production on this did those songs any justice. To me, what it sounds like that you brought that up to me. It sounds like it's missing that big giant creatures of the night drum sound, because I'll be honest with you. If, if somebody didn't tell me that Eric Carr played on this, all four of these original tracks, they all sound like a drum machine. They sound wicked, snappy, wicked, poppy, very new wave, kind of like the album cover. Like I mentioned, it sounds like new wave pop music in terms of the beat. I mean, for Christ's sake, we'll get into it. There are some of these songs you could almost dance to <clears throat> the way that the, the way that the drum sounds. I'll save my comments. Oh, yeah. Me. No, I know. I know. So you, you could tell that it wasn't quite there yet. And maybe Michael James Jackson learned from Killers what he wanted to do to make Creatures of the Night. I mean, I, we've reviewed that album. I have my thoughts on that whole sound. But it looked like this was kind of like even Paul says it. Paul gives this one star, for God's sakes. The band pretty much acknowledges that it was like a stepping stone to try to recapture their their heavy sound from the elder to creatures. So this was a this was a bridge album for them. Paul Stanley in Behind the Mask. Yep. I'd give that one or two stars. It was us trying to regain our balance and sanity after doing the elder. We were at an interesting point then. We were gearing up to do creatures. The stuff that was on Killers was basically warm up. Mm -hmm. It was us sitting around saying we want to be what Kiss has always been and redirect ourselves to what made us in the first place. What comes easiest and most comfortable is what we want to be. So those were kind of the first songs that we wrote. Yep. And then you can have some fun and read the Bob stuff. Bob stuff. God love Bob. Uh, um, My God, his comments here. Uh, he has a lot to say, but this this first section here um, at the time, it was getting way more difficult working with Kiss because nothing seemed like it was good enough for them. It used to be everything I played. They liked. But when I was playing on the new songs on Killers, it became don't play this. Don't play that. I think they were reaching that point where they were starting to second guess themselves. It wasn't what feels good anymore. It was how does this stack up against the competition? How does this stack up against Eddie Van Halen and Randy Rhodes? They were beginning to overanalyze any everything. This line right here from Bob. He says, I was like, look, you're not that good of a band. <laughs> Stop trying to compete with Van Halen and Ozzy. Compete on the level that you are. Superheroes that p- play c- cool, simplistic stuff. Don't try to be something you're not. And of course, every time they try to be something they're not, like the elder, it didn't work. I mean, be true to yourself and you're not going to fall on your face. Honestly, My attitude was I was tired that they couldn't recognize something that was good anymore. 
I said, wait a minute. I do this for a living. This is a good fucking solo. And they'd say, nah, it got really bad. Got to the point where I didn't really want to be there. Oof. <laughs> Look, you're not that good of a band. <laughs> the fact that they let him stay around after saying that. Yeah. And then he gets into a lot of other stuff between the dynamic of Paul and Gene. Yep. And he goes on to say, Michael, Michael James Jackson was like the referee on that album because Paul and Gene seemed to have this tug of war about what they, where the band should go. This is no different than they've been before. It's just when they are in production capacity, it becomes draining. Michael's an objective person who doesn't necessarily favor one or the other. We had fun in what we did, but it seemed to me he may disagree with this at the time. I came into play. They were also auditioning guitar players at the same time. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of people in and out. And he brings up Steve Ferris. He brings up that. Who's this guy? There was a guy that one time I noticed Vincent Cusano hanging yeah. around. Yep. He was sitting in the studio one day and I remember asking Paul, who was that? And he said, we're writing with him. He also plays guitar. And I said, well, is he good? And he said, yeah, he's really good. And I said, then why don't you take him into the band? And he's like, well, we're not that sure about him. So I said, I'll just hang around and figure out what you're going to do. I suggested my brother, Bruce. Remember, we talked about that with Bruce on the show. Yep. Episode 100. Yep. At the time, saying they'd, they'd get somebody who would be, could be the permanent guy. Because at the time, I had a record deal with CBS or a band called Balance. It was frustrating for me because I would, I would really like to have been turned loose on this stuff. I would come up, I would come up with and not have to pretend that I was ace or anybody else on killers. There was a push to do or not do certain things. I played a little rhythm on that album too, but by and large, it was mainly solos from that album. I thought nowhere to run was really great. It could have sounded better. I wish they had the Sonics that creatures had sound familiar, Tom. Yeah. Great stuff from Bob. Just, just really interesting insight and honesty about what was going on there. Um, What does Gene give? What does Gene give the album? One star. He <laughs> says it's okay. Partners in crime was okay. Nowhere to run is the better song. I like down on your knees. No, no mention of I'm a legend tonight. We'll talk about that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it was just a, it's a, we talked about this, like kind of when we talked about creatures and when we talked about, you know, when we, the elder, like this is to me, such an interesting time to be like a kiss tard. It's such a great time in their career to kind of really look at what was going on because it was either it was either the end of the band or they were going to have to freaking get their shit together. And they did on Creatures. So anytime we're talking about this era, I always really enjoy it. Um, And that's why I think Killers is so unique because it combines all of that. Yeah, it's a compilation, but it also incorporates new songs with new people new writers, new producers, there's just a lot going on. And I think that to me personally, that adds to the aura of what Killers is. I like the other, there's a lot more great comments. Again, everybody, you have to have behind the mask. Oh my God, you have to. Okay. But there's a lot of great comments of Michael James Jackson. Like, yeah, they hired me. They flew me out there and I get there and Gene's like, yeah, I don't think we need a producer. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) Paul was the one who was like, no, we need outside opinion. But I talked about it when we did our, uh, I think it was with Joey, our 
our Festivus episode. Like this era, I'm fascinated by it because it never really gets explored. Yep. The Kiss makeup outside the original four, that era, and how they came up to be, and Michael James Jackson, and all new songwriters coming in, and what they did to survive, and what their real reputation was. That stuff's fascinating. I love if they would do more stuff about this, but alas, they don't. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get into everything, but there's four new songs. So the first thing we're going to do is break down these songs. Yep. And let's start with song one, this. So the first new track, I'm a legend tonight. Um, it's interesting because my my general comments before we really got into this was that this sounds like there's a drum machine going on here. Well, according to Adam Mitchell, there was a drum machine. Um, he talks about, you know, a, a drum machine that he uses here for the demo. Paul said he he really liked the demo more than the finished track. So I don't know. Adam Mitchell's saying there's a drum machine here. Look, you guys, you guys have heard this. It sounds like a freaking drum machine. But that being said, I'll say this generally speaking about these these four new tracks. To me, I think Paul's vocals are fucking amazing. I think vocally, he is out of his mind on these tracks. I'm a legend tonight. The chorus is pretty cool. It's kind of has like that, like kind of that background aura, you know, while he's singing the chorus. It's got a like I said earlier, it's got a weird beat. It's got like a dance new wave poppy beat to it. Um, if this was produced with that creature sound, which I'm still not 100% thrilled with i think it's better than this um i think it's 1982 i think it's a pretty cool song uh, this one i like i'm a legend tonight written by paul stanley and adam mitchell so adam mitchell was Vinny's writing partner mm-hmm. and remember that Vinny kind of came in and cock blocked him out of the picture yeah and took that role on yeah yep uh this one now gene only played bass on one track Paul played rhythm and bass on this one. Yep. Bob does the lead and Eric is the drummer on this. <clears throat> yeah, so, right. Uh, supposedly Gene had the title to this song, Tom, and Paul took it from him, which happens quite often between the two of them. This has a very, and there's a few of them. It's a little harder, but it has a, like a Carlton like dance. Oh my God. I can't believe you're going to say that. Yeah. I have that say, I have that exact comment saved for another song. 
There's a lot of Carlton. Unbelievable. Yep. I could see Paul in the video to this walking out behind it like this steel factory or like a fucking uh, steel or whatever it was in flash dance, like urban kind of place or video like she works hard for the money. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> like this. yep. And Paul's like, Ooh. Or the, or the scene when Kevin Bacon does the angry gymnastics and oh, footloose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what this is. And yep. Paul's like walking down the streets and I can think for you, girl. I'm a legend. And then like there's a fucking yeah, yeah. and then there's like the love is a battlefield dancers behind Paul. Absolutely. Doing, doing yeah. that shit. Yeah. Yes. Or like this could be like a theme to an 80s cop show, a Magnum PI, a fucking Hunter or yep. fucking what was the other guy with the mustache? Matt Houston. Remember him? Matt, oh, dude, Matt Houston was fucking awesome. With his big thick mustache. Oh god, yeah. Um, yeah, Carlton Dancer, but I like it. He's not he's not he's you know, it's just that imagery of the flash game, the welding plant, very urban 80s fame, footloose. I have yep. flash dance. Yep, but the song rocks, it's got a catchy. Catchy as hell guitar riff. Yeah, oh, it does. It really right? does. Yep. Um, yep. The legend. I love it. Backing vocals, huh? Yep. That's catchy. Uh, very 80s. That's very 80s. That legend background. Oh, going. yeah. And then I love little things. And when Kiss does this, I, I'm just oh, he does it again on uh take it on on what do you call it all hell's break it loose and then he sets the solo up mm-hmm. he does it on this look at me yep and then bob's solo I, I mean i'm gonna fucking gush about bob's playing on this fucking album he because rips on this his album. guitar solos are probably four of my favorite solos on any kiss album he's awesome so fucking melodic perfect perfect yeah i i think bob's solos are the st- stick um the spotlight on this album yeah. and Paul's voice. Yeah. And Paul thinks this song is pap. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what he says. Uh, but the unmasked production and the demo type kind of vibe I get from this. But when I first got killers, this song was a song I gravitated first. I was like, this is awesome. And I, you know, I'm in junior high, Tom. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm a legend tonight. I'm going to get a goal in my hockey game. And then everyone's going to be singing this song. And I'm like skating around the rink doing choreographed moves. Cause I'm a legend tonight, Tom. Yeah. And you'll be, and you'll be frigging stripping like the dude in slap shot as you're frigging skating around the rink. Yeah. Yeah. Paul, that, so to, well, you, you commenting on the unmasked thing. See, to me, the production on this is a little bit harder than Unmasked, but a little bit lighter than Creatures. I think it's perfect transition from Unmasked to Creatures. Like I said earlier, it's a bridge album in terms of their sound and the, the sonics of this. Yeah. Adam Mitchell says, I'm a legend tonight, Partners in Crime, both written at my house in the Hollywood Hills. Yep. Uh, he talks about the fact that drum machine mm-hmm. um, and that... Uh, Oh, that he cut I'm a legend tonight and partners in crime there. And also the demo for one of my favorite tracks off creatures danger. Terrible. Yeah. Um, then Paul jumps in and says, what did he call it? Pap. I, who uses that language? I've never, I've never called anything pap. Yeah. And then this is the part that we always give him shit about. And this is his defense to it. I guess, Tom, because it's an actual quote that we can say. 
Yeah. Certainly there's going to be some fans who goes, how can you say that about a song that I like? Yep. I've always done my best, but we can all look back at times when we were well-intentioned and may not have delivered what we hoped to. He always, I've never seen an artist in my entire life shit on their previous work like he does. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, I think this song is excellent. Mm-hmm. It's catchy as all hell. It's um, all right. I'll say it this way. It's a little popish, but not unmasked popish. Exactly. Yes. Yep. So, Tom, are you ready to rock? Down on your knees. Anytime a man, with the exception of Mick Jagger in the song Satisfaction, Paul just is, I'm talking about satisfaction. That just, it's, it's not, it's not good. Can I just say one thing? Please. Did, did you just say satisfaction? I'm talking about satisfaction. <laughs> that doesn't begin with an S. It begins with a TH. You're oh, baby, let's cut the talk. Ooh. <laughs> All right. So down on your knees. You thought I'm a legend tonight was a dance tune. Dude, down on your knee. This is the Carlton song right here. Oh. But, but that being said, I, I think I like this song. Gang vocals in the bridge. She's all right. Cause she's all like, I mean, what are you doing? Like what this is, this is, this does not sound like a fucking kiss song at all. Maybe that's why I like it. I don't know. Do you like kiss? <laughs> like, do you like gang vocals? Do you like getting down <laughs> on your knees? Down on your knees written by Paul Stanley, Michael Jap, who we talked about yep. that he had written some songs with Paul previously. And the one and only Brian Adams. Yes. The uh, pop rock star. Uh, Paul plays the bass. Michael Jack plays the rhythm guitar on this. Eric drums, Bob lead. Uh, apparently, Brian Adams heard them playing this song in the other room, and he offered to help them write it and became uh, and his. I don't know if his partner, Jim Valance, was part of this. They say he's uncredited on this. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I feel like this song, if it was like uh, a lick it up, or Creatures of the Night drum would be very animalized, heavens on fire like. It could yeah, have been. I, I, think it, I think you're right. It's This one, as catchy and melodic as I'm a legend tonight is, I think this is, <laughs> I think this is catchier and even more melodic. 
there is very jazzy drumming. Oh my there's a, god! There's a very groovy bass line underneath this too. Yep. So the Carlton dance, I said, wicked. I'm like, what is this image of the video? And I think I need Daryl for this. Uh, see, I'm. So, this is why we share a brain and we do this show okay. together. Because I, because I was gonna say, so this is need, the video. I think this we need Daryl. Yeah. You know what the video for this works? It works with Mick Jagger and David Bowie's dancing in the street. Oh God! And then. The- you the know what he does? Back in the U.S. is hard. And then one of them sticks their head out. That's Gene. Gene will stick his head out and go, she's, she's all right. <laughs> and then Paul and them are like singing like this to each other. Oh. Down on your knees. They're doing like the fucking shoulder shake to each other. <laughs> it, it, it's not what you would call a masculine song. <laughs> and may their child grow up to be. A masculine child. What do you think of the song? You can act like a man. <laughs> I just worked my ass off. What'd you think of the video we just shot? I'm talking about satisfaction. <laughs> Dude, it is. Did you ever see that video they did of the David Bowie and Mick Jagger when they use like whispering voices singing that song on YouTube? No. Is it funny? <laughs> no. They like. Yay! It's so fucking funny. Look it up on YouTube. It's them doing that dancing on the street, which is the worst video. And not that there's anything wrong with it. No, the gayest video I've ever seen. Yeah, by straight people. And again, not that there's anything wrong with that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But wow. Anyways, uh, (laughs) I had the callback. She's all. Oh my god! So funny. And then the, are you ready to rock? Relax, Paul. Uh, Paul's accent does come up big on the songs. Wicked. Waiting forever. Yep. Waiting forever. Another awesome Bob solo on this. Really cool. Yep. But the fucking unmasked production on this doesn't do the drums and the heaviness of what this song really could have been. Um. But one thing I wanted to do, and I was looking backwards on this, Tom. Unmasked. What's the sexy lyrics on that? The sexy lyrics? Yeah, the sexist. Oh, sexist lyrics? Yeah, what are the sexist lyrics, kiss lyrics on Unmasked? Oh, gee. Almost every all the songs, I mean, have all that. I mean, friggin' Really? She, yeah. On, on Unmasked? Yeah, like what? What's all like? What do you like? She's so European. Or are you? Are you? Or are you trying to say that unmasked is like very like lovey dovey shit? Is that you, Shandy? Talk to me. Naked City. What makes the world go round? Tomorrow. Two sides of coin. She's so European. Easy as it seems. Torpedo girl. You're all that I want. Is that very sexist lyrics? No. No. Kiss you're lyrics. No. no. Right. It's poppy okay. and lovey. Now let's go back to Dynasty. I was made for loving you, 2000 man, sure no something, dirty liver, charisma, magic touch, hard times, x-ray eyes, save your love. Same thing. Down on your knees is the first, like, kiss back to, like, fucking. The sexual, the sexual. Yeah, the sexual. Suck them, fuck them. Yep. Right? Since, I don't know, love gun? Probably pro, a plaster caster love gun. Yeah. Yeah. So alive too, or any songs on that, that are real, like 
Well, yeah, well, well, Ace's Rocket Ride is a little yeah, but large, larger than life and all American man. I mean, larger than life is talking about Gene's dick. Yeah. So uh, and, and Rocket Ride. So since alive, too. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so you go um, Dynasty, you go Unmasked and you, you go, go elder. the Elder. Yep. And then you come to this finally, which is exactly what the band was missing. One of the one of the major things the band was missing out on. Yeah. Yeah. Which was the take me down below where you go from Psycho Circus, Sonic Boom, and then finally you get to take me down below on like where they get back to that suck them fucking suck shit. Way, way back when we did the Psycho Circus review, one of my big over re- overarching comments was the entire album doesn't have one suck me fuck me song. Not one. Not yeah, one. We want misogynistic fucking shit. That's what Kiss is. Yes. Yeah. But I just found it interesting during this heyday. All that shit was gone until this. Now, anyways, I don't know. Again, it's Paul in his renaissance, man. I think maybe he's distancing himself from the lyrics. Because on this, he says, I don't really remember about, about how that song came about or how it was written. We were kind of grasping around, trying to figure out what we were doing. Dude, come on. What does that even mean? Like, Give me a fucking break, dude. You remember everything. Please. And then Michael Jab jumps in and says, you know, um, it's not public knowledge, but I played a me- meaty guitars on that down on your knees. That's what he says. So, okay. All right. But so we're not going to get into, you know, the next few tracks or greatest hit stuff. We'll get to that stuff, but let's flip the album over and let's go song three of the new songs. But the opening track on side two, it's this. Nowhere to run. Uh, no secret between Zeus and I, what we think of this song. And I don't know what, what our listeners think or the, the, the fans out there. I'm going to tell you right now, this fucking song absolutely rules. I will tell you right now, when we come to do our updated rankings, this song is going to be very, very high. This song is fucking fantastic. I love everything about it. That that shotgun blast of an intro with the drums, and then it goes right into a little bit of an acoustic thing. Then the electric kicks in. Then you get into a really cool rock and mid-tempo groove. Paul's vocals, again, are out of this world. It's got an awesome chorus. 
The solo is killer. Everything about this song absolutely fucking rips. And, you know, I think the band kind of, this is the one song out of the full where you have most of the people saying some decent things about it. Um, Paul claims that the song was written about somebody that he had met. He had a quick relationship with her. Then she split and went back to somebody that she was involved with. Um, he claims the song was a little bit cathartic because what I couldn't say to her, I could put in a song. It's like writing a letter that you don't have any intention of sending. So Paul being a little emotional there with no way to run. Um, I think it's just a killer track. Nowhere to run written by Paul Stanley alone. The only album track that he had the own where one person was credited writing the song. Mm -hmm. Uh, Paul plays a rhythm. Eric plays the drums. Bob is on the lead guitar and Gene plays bass. The only one that he plays bass on the song supposedly may have been added to the elder. It was, I believe the only track that they kind of had done and they were bringing it to this session. Yep. Um, it's just, I, I I could go on and on and on. Oh yeah, um, love that acoustic beginning. Dun, oh my, it's awesome. And you can hear it going. It's almost like epic. Yep. Like this could be the one of the greatest songs of any band's like catalog if they promoted it, came out the right time at the right moment of their career. A band could have really taken off with this fucking song. It's epic. The vocals, the 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 musicianship, the lyrics, the chorus, and that solo may yep. be my favorite solo of all Kiss tracks. Yes, I fucking said it. Um, it the drums from Creatures would have made this song fucking insane. Yep, uh, more epic. But I mean, like I said, great lyrics. Well, too bad now that the damage is done. Yep. Silence, and then Paul, nowhere to run. Oh my god! Yeah, and then the chorus comes in. Um, the chorus, the gang vocal chorus thing, a little, a little under the rosish, maybe okay, right? Nowhere to run, kind of, yep. right? Yeah, a little there. Um, Paul hits that fucking high note. Oh my god, and then that's insane. Boom! Uh, Bob goes off. Yep. Holy guitar solo. That is just. Oh my God. I just hate that the song is buried on killers. Oh, I got more to go on to gush about this song because yeah. where's the opportunity we're going to talk about this? Yeah, oh, I know the, the breakdown. Oh God! The, they, Amazing. They stole that for hide your heart. Pretty much. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. Listen. Johnny's holding Rosa on a rooftop in the night. It's kind right? of the same, kind of the same vibe. Yep. A shot ran out like that. Yeah, that's it. Yep. And Paul using that fal- falsetto, then screams, "Run on!" That's awesome. Run the run on and then stuff that is awesome. Second run on where he yep. hits that fucking note, and then chorus, and then if you listen closely, Bob guitar fills. The backing vocals, Paul screaming. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, the song is just, it's insane. Somebody just jizzed all over himself. <laughs> it's a Peter North song. Put it oh that way. Oh my God. What a finish for that. Yep. It is unfucking believable. Bob Kulik says, 
Listen to that solo on Nowhere to Run and that huge overbend of guitar notes. That was me totally frustrated. You want something fucking different? We'll try this on. Wow. What's that? They said. That's me being really pissy. Uh, (laughs) That's me being really pissed off is what that is. Same with Partners in Crime. Let me get that Wayne Barr guitar out there. You can't decide on any notes that I play are good. So let's do some effects on the whammy. Does that sound like Eddie Van Halen to you? I can see the writing on the wall. They were searching for something that wasn't there. You're looking for someone and it's not kiss. Kiss. I um, love angry Bob. Rest in peace. Oh, oh my God. And then you already mentioned about uh, the lyrics and Paul's like autobiographical yeah. context yep. of what he's saying to this girl. Yep. Just, I, I mean, killer track, killer fucking track, fucking killer track. If you could like hear another band do this, and not know and be like, holy shit, this song fucking rock. Yep. And we got to hear it on the Kiss Cruise. One of my highlights. Yep. Bruce's band, Todd and them fucking ripped this. Unbelievable. Oh, my God. Fucking insane. Yep. I got to hear Nowhere to Run. If not for Bruce's band in your lifetime, where the fuck would you hear that song? Never. Nowhere. Right? cover band maybe somewhere if you got maybe one. maybe and, and, and you think they're doing it like bruce's band no oh and having todd kern sing it no dude one of the highlights yep if not of that kiss cruise yep one last song number four here it is <laughs> So partners in crime. Yeah, this is the fucking dud of the group for me. Um, I described this song when I listened to it. It's boring and it's lazy. It has a terrible bridge into the chorus. It has a terrible chorus, which barely exists. The only thing that's that's redeeming for me with this song is Paul's vocals. Paul just sounds amazing singing this song, but the song itself is just a fucking dud. Even Paul in the book, he says, I hate it. Like he literally just comes out and says, I hate it. Um, yeah, this is, this is a fucking dud for me. Big time. Not much to say. Unfortunately, I just, it just, it's a, it's a real, it's a lazy song. Partners in crime written by Paul Stanley, Adam Mitchell. Paul does the rhythm and bass, Bob lead guitar, Eric on drums. Yeah. I, I believe it goes. Paul says, I hate it. It goes back to always doing your best. 
But your best isn't always as good as one of your best on any given day. Everything on Killers was confused. It was a good attempt at trying to shake off the elder and the excesses of becoming lethargic, self-important rock stars. Oh, boy. No, Tip- but you waited until COVID to become that. <laughs> Tip- yeah, exactly. No, you waited until now, and that's you still that fucking shitting on people about Mr. Rogers, you bozo. <laughs> the song sounds familiar. I can't. I, it's driving me nuts. I thought I remembered what the demo was of that that became uh, Partners in Crime, because I remember th- what it was. I, now I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. But anyways, a lot of whammy going on in this. Oh, I yeah. like I like the baseline. I like the little slide. Uh, apparently they recorded it twice because they wanted to change the key on this. The remix of that is, is out there too. You can kind of find that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's another very good solo, probably the best part of the song. Oh yeah. And then Paul whispers, cause we're partners in crime. Oh boy. Settle down. Yeah, exactly. Please. I'm excited. And we're partners in crime. Yeah, it, that's pretty much it. Yeah. The ball, Bob does a great little outro on it, too. Yeah. I yep. will tell you, I used to fucking hate this song. I used to be like, this is terrible, terrible, terrible. It has grown on me like she's so European. I actually enjoy it now. And it's because I never hear it. I actually enjoy it. And okay. Paul, and Paul's got a very good voice. And he's got that rhyme and pat. But then, 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 it's not a fucking killer track. I can tell you that. No, but those are the four tracks. Um, we'll rank them at the end, but this is a compilation review. Now, as we discussed, this came out in 1982. And because of that, we can now come back and say, all right, um, if this is 1982 and we could do, we're going to do the, what the American version, Tom, where there was 12 tracks. Yep. So what eight songs would you put on this? So here's what kiss did. They put Colgin, love gun, shout it out loud. Sure. Know something Detroit rock city. God of thunder. I was made for loving you rock and roll all night. This is one of the first compilations where based on when it was released and where it was released, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if it's only going to be 12 songs with four of them being new, leaving eight, like eight classics. um, I think maybe the one big thing that sticks out is the only song from the debut album is cold gin, but that was a hit. You know, you get three songs from destroyer, which was their biggest album. Um, you got one song from Love Gun. You got the the live version of Rock and Roll All Night from Alive. And Dynasty was big, especially overseas. So you got the two big songs from Dynasty. Um, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I mean, it's 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 a very it's a again, it's a weird compilation because it's only 12 songs. Four of them are new tracks. So, I mean, what, what would you add on it? I don't know. Maybe take out Cold Gin and put in Deuce, you know, take out. You know, I mean, Love Gun was a huge hit, you know, shout it out loud. Maybe maybe you could get shouted out loud out of there and throw in Colin Dr. Love um, or, you know, something from Harder Than Hell. But this is one where I'm really not going to nitpick the selection strictly based on the, when it came out and, you know, what was going on with the band at the time. These at the at that time, 
these are probably the biggest songs that they had because we've said this before kiss isn't a hits band or a singles band but these eight tracks right here at that time were probably their biggest ones to throw out there okay so the elephant in the room is well we have a new drummer their biggest song is not on here if we're going greatest hits eight songs for me Sure, no, something should be there because it's one of my favorite. Yep, but that should not be in there over Beth. Oh, they're not going to put Beth on here with it with an Arakara. I get that, but I'm yeah. saying we're yeah. looking at 1982 where they are in this band. Plus, you remember they wanted to be a, this. They, they they phonogram wanted this to be a kick-ass rock album. They're not going to put Beth on here. I understand that, but I'm just saying to you. Well, then why they put Sure, no, something? No offense. So, I, I look at this as what could they play. These are almost arguably their biggest tracks yep. and biggest cult songs. People want to, after fucking alive, people love cold gin. Yep. Okay. Deuce is now because for a while they stopped playing it as the intro because du- Detroit rock city came in and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. So was deuce as legendary as cold gin at this point? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. So cold gin is that one that you can argue. Maybe. And you could put Black Diamond there, which once mm. again is not on a compilation. Yep. Right. So you could say Black Diamond, Strutter, um, you know, uh, what's the other one? Deuce. Firehouse. Yeah. I wouldn't put Firehouse as a hit. It's just my opinion. Black but Diamond wasn't really a hit. We, that, I know. We just, but it was in every fucking tour. Right. So I look at it. Love Gun is definitely going to be there. Um Detroit Rock City is going to be there. God of Thunder at this point was fucking huge. Uh, that's the blood. That's the all the shit. So yep. I was made for loving you was the single. So Rock and Roll Night's definitely going to be there. If you're going to say literally, Tom, you if you think to yourself, what are the biggest four fucking songs that need to be anywhere on Kiss? I would say Love Gun, Detroit Rock City, Beth, Rock and Roll All Night. Those are the four biggest songs. All right. We get why Beth's not there. I get why I was made for loving you was there. Um, and cold gin. Yeah. You can argue that even shout it out loud. You can argue that. So sure. No, something it, I'm pumped that it's on here. I'm Me just too. saying uh, it shouldn't be compared to everything else. It wasn't. I don't even think charting over anything like they didn't need. They wanted to maybe put a couple of newer songs on this. Hey, we're still doing shit. Yep. Um, but. I don't know, eight tracks. I mean, I love sure know something, but maybe a, an executive or a real salesman in, in kiss could have, would have said, uh-uh, put Beth in there, put a uh, calling Dr. Love. Those would uh, be the only, th- those would probably uh, calling Dr. Love is probably the one that I would throw in, in terms of, of a classic rocker. That's probably the, the, the one change I would make. Um, and, and if I, and if I was to put that in, I, I, I would probably take out shout it out loud because you already got two songs from destroyer in there with Detroit rock city and God of thunder. This is the best album. Um, what? What's that? <laughs> I said, cause it's the best album. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have three songs from that. That's why they weren't going to put a fourth on. Right. Right. So those are the tracks. However, uh, I, I don't know, Tom, I, I still feel like. Uh, those are probably pretty good for a pick of eight songs. Yep. So what we'll do, Tom, 
is first we'll rank the four new songs. Yep. Okay. So how do you have them ranked? Let's start with number four. Do you want to go first or I'll go first? I'll go first. Okay. What right, do you number got? four. Number four for me is partners in crime. Same. Okay. Uh, number three. This is tough for me. Number three for me is I'm a legend tonight. Oh, really? Yep. Um, I'm going with uh, down on your knees. Okay. That's number two for me. Yeah. And then, yeah, not even close. Yeah. Not even close. Nowhere to run. Number one. Yeah. Yep. That's in. <laughs> Anyways, so yeah, we have nowhere to run the same. We have partners the same, and we just flip flop uh, down on knees. And I'm a legend. And you know what? On a, any different day, I might switch those around as well. Me, yeah, me too. I agree. Yeah, actually, it's also important to mention too. Just before we wrap up the track listing, it's important to mention that the version of Detroit Rock City on here does not have the intro. The version of God of Thunder has a little bit of the intro cut out, and the version of Rock and Roll Night is live. And the shout it out loud version. It's the seven inch mix, which has kind of the center channel recording, as opposed to the other version where you have Gene in your in one ear and Paul in the other. That's a it's this is more of a centered recording. And then we mentioned the Japanese release has Shandy and Escape from the Island. Yes. Now, if you get the Japanese version, like I have, you get two extra tracks. Yep. The two <clears throat> extra tracks are Shandy and Escape from the Island. What the fuck is that? So I get they're trying to promote their last album. Uh, last couple of albums. I get Shandy outside the US. I get it in Australia. But in Australia, they have Talk to Me and Shandy. Yep. Two unmasked songs. Yep. I get Shandy, like I was saying, in Australia. But if you're adding two extra tracks, those are the tracks. Well, the reason, well, the Japanese version has escaped from the island because that was not on the Japanese version of the elder. That's right. That's right. So that's a way of them giving the Japanese fans a song that everybody else had that they never had. Yes. Yes. Yep. You're right. So I forgot about that. Yep. But as usual, when we go and compare these, um, Tom, what would you say is the best version first? For me? Yeah, it's easily the Australian version with Talk to Me and Shandy. I mean, I like Escape from the Island. I like instrumentals, but I, I'm taking Talk to Me over Escape from the Island every day of the week. I'd be a real dick if I said I, the one that doesn't have Shandy on it, right? The American. <laughs> you can you can go for that because I you hate you hate that song, and I don't know I don't know what you you're not that huge of a fan of Talk to Me either. So. Or Escape from the Island, right? I would take probably Talk to Me with Shandy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I'll take the Australian versions, probably the best. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so, and the um, Japanese version has the regular S. I don't know. I assume the Australian one would have the regular S too, not the German version thing. Right. Right. Okay. Yep. So, Tom, we have done a few compilations. Yes, we all have. Right? Yep. So these are the compilations that we have done so far. 1982's Killers, just now. We've done 1988 smashes, thrashes, and hits, 1997's Greatest Kiss, 2002's The Very Best of Kiss, 2003, The Millennium Collection, The Best of Kiss, and 2017's Kiss World. First, we rank the album covers. Tom, you want to tell us what you rank, how you rank these album covers on these compilations first? Yep. 
so compilation album covers for me, I have the very best of Kiss at number one, the Millennium Collection at two, Greatest Kiss at three, Kiss World at four, and Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits at the bottom. Okay. Killers for me. Yep. It's the first compilation we've done that has really a unique cover um, in terms of the, the, the band in makeup. I mean, very best to kiss has four separate pictures. Millennium has a classic picture from, you know, 74, 75 greatest kiss has kind of a weird thing. Kiss world has Tommy and Eric and smashes, thrashes and hits is terrible. Um, I don't know. This might surprise some people. I don't know. Maybe it won't. I'm putting this at number one. Number one. Yeah, I, I I love the fact that it's got Eric. I love the the pink, the colors. Um, I just think it's a really unique time of the band's history, and I, I, I like that they're all together. I know Paul looks a little goofy with the bandana, but I, I've I've this cover to me has always been eye catching. I love it. Number one, Tom. I've had at number one the Millennium Collection, very best of Kiss, Kiss World, greatest Kiss, and last. And definitely least smashes, thrashes, and hits. Terrible album cover. Yep. Uh, I'm not going to beat around the bush. Killers, number one. Easily yep. number one. Yep. First of all, this music from the elder killers fucking look, it lasted this era. This is the only cover with it. Yeah, exactly. The cover itself, it's very specific to this era. Yeah. I, I love it. I love that it's different. Me too. Uh, you know, it's not like they did five albums in a row like this, and you're like, these are so fucking bad. Let them have one album like this. This is awesome. Yep. The band looks super cool. They look different. Uh, it's a nice face shot. Uh, I fucking love it. I think it's catchy as all hell. Uh, uh, Killers is number one for me. Okay. It wasn't even close. Okay, cool. All right. Now, compilation rank. Do you want to uh, tell them what your how you rank these? Yeah. So for the for the compilation itself, right now I have greatest kiss at number one, very best of kiss at number two, kiss world at three, smashes, thrashes, and hits at four, and the Millennium Collection Volume One at five. All right, killers. This is difficult, and I'll tell you why. Maybe maybe this is easier for you. The easy answer is, well, this has four new tracks. That's true, but it also has eight songs that are so overplayed, so beaten into the ground. Uh, I mean, I love Show No Something. That's a hit. I love the live version of Rock and Roll All Night. But Cold Gin, Love Gun, Shout It Out Loud, Detroit Rock City, God of Thunder. It balances out with the four original tracks. So for me, I'm going to put it at number one. All that you put yep. back number one. Of course, I got to, I got to, I got to have a little bit of suspense to the to the action. Yeah, nice. I'm putting it, I'm putting it at number one. All right, let's uh, let's go to mine, and I'll get back to yours. Okay, uh, my number one is smashes, thrashes, and hits because I love the two new songs, even though the rest of the fucking album, the production is ter- terrible. Yep. Uh, the very best of Kiss. Kiss World, Greatest Kiss, Millennium Collection. Not even fucking close. Killers is number one. So go on. You were saying? (laughs) 
Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I know it seems obvious to uh, to you it was because of the four originals, but when you when you look at those, when you look at for me the track listing on Greatest Kiss and Very Best to Kiss is fucking amazing. But this has no way to run and down on your knees and I'm a legend tonight and all that. And then it's got some. It's got then it's got the essential Kiss songs. So it's I. It was a little bit more challenging for me, but ultimately it was number one. If you're going to bring a, a greatest hits album with you because you're with people not familiar with Kiss and you're going to play like, oh, you're like, oh, I got to play something with greatest, like fucking the big hits. You can easily grab this because the other songs are fucking phenomenal anyways. Yep. The original. Yep. So I just feel like those eight songs against any other fucking compilations, eight songs, they're just as good. Yeah. The selection is right down greatest hits type selections. And then those fucking four originals, just to hear nowhere to run. Oh, you fucking kidding me? Yep. No, I agree. Yep. It's a good one. It's a classic. So that's killers. Mm-hmm. And Tom, what we do next is we go to question of the week. What do we got? Yeah. So this question comes from Jay Rucker. And he says, yesterday I went back and I listened to your Gene Simmons 78 solo album review. Awesome. Great episode. Great review. I was thinking since Gene and Peter released completely unexpected solo albums, what if Paul released a soul station type of album instead of tonight, you belong to me, you get Ooh child instead of it's all right. You get La La means I love you instead of goodbye. You got baby. I need your loving. Would love to hear your guys input of this crazy kissed hard idea. That's a that's a fucking great question. Um, it would have never happened back in '78 from Paul because Kiss was too important to him, and there was zero chance he was ever going to go astray and do this. But I think if he did that, holy shit, the ramifications I think would have been. I maybe I'm being hyperbolic here and melodramatic. I think that could have fucked the band if he did that. That's my opinion. Probably because the one true guy that stayed with Kiss's sound was Paul. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you did that, then they're like, everybody's gone. Because then once Gene is already doing When You Wish Upon a Star, Peter's yep. doing that, and Paul's doing that, yeah. Ace is leaving, fuck yeah. that, they're all be saying, right? Yeah, I think it would have been a challenging thing to kind of regroup after that. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Great question, though. I love, I love the what ifs. I think a lot of the other <clears throat> only part to that, Tom, is I think there'd be a lot of like, you know, maybe it would ease some of the tension between Paul and, and Peter. Like, well, I like this song. Well, I like this song, too. So maybe fucking leave me alone when I do this type of music. Maybe they wouldn't judge him so much. Maybe they wouldn't be shitting on him fucking so much about the shit that he picked out. Yeah, maybe the maybe the internal dynamics of the band could have been saved, but I think the fan reaction would have been like, you guys are fucking see you later. You guys are all gone. You yeah. went from Love Gun and Alive 2 to this. I'm out. So, yeah, no, I agree with you on yeah. that aspect. Good great question. question, though, Jay. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Yeah, that's a great one. Um, yep. Tom, where can people find us? Well, you can start with uh, our email uh, as Jay did with the question of the week. So yeah, shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Please send us questions, comments, feedback. You know, we, we see every single email. We read every single email. We try to get to all of them on the show. 
Um, if you send us a particular email that you wanted to keep private and just amongst me and Zeus, you know, please make a note of that. And we will, of course, respect your wishes. So do that. Um, and then, of course, the social media, we got Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, very interactive on those. We have our Loudcasters group, which we kind of went on a little bit of a rant there to kind of tell everybody what's going on there. We love our Loudcasters. We love our social media. We're very interactive. You can send us DMs, direct messages on there. You know, tag us, comment. If you see something kiss related or something funny about the show that makes you think of us, you know, post it and tag it. Uh, We love that kind of stuff. Um, And as we mentioned earlier, we're eternally grateful for our wonderful Patreons, including our newest ones, LT Shoes and Kelly Jem Blair. You guys rock and all of you are amazing. So check that out at Patreon.com or the app, the Patreon app. Uh, Again, we truly appreciate all that. And we're part of the great Pantheon podcast. Great network of shows. We got our friends Jay from The Hook Rocks. Uh, We got Elsie and uh, Baco from Cobras and Fire. There's tons of great shows. Check all those guys out. All different genres of music. Um, And again, we got our buddy Ed. Click T-Shop. You want to shout it out loud, Cash Shirt? Visit his shop and grab some gear. Tom, we read a bunch of DMs tonight. And like you said, we don't have to read them if you don't want us to. But DM us. We love getting them. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Subscribe to our You Do (laughs) channel. Uh, That grows. Every other day, I'm like, holy shit, we were just at this number. Please keep that going. Even if you don't want to listen to us on YouTube, you want to listen to us on the podcast. Please subscribe. It helps us. It does in a big way. So if you can do that, we'd really appreciate it. Um, don't forget, you can give us one of those five star, star. child reviews on Apple uh, podcast. You can do that on on Spotify, on Podchaser, on Facebook, uh, wherever else you can give a review. There's another one called Good Pods. That's yes, become a that's, little popular now. That's becoming a lot more popular. You can check that out too. Yeah, good pods. Yeah, you can go on there and listen to us there and give us a review there if that's possible. Yep. We all that stuff is big. And when you do that, let us know so that we can, you know, give you a shout out about it. Tom, because we got another review on Apple uh podcast, right? Yes, we do. This comes from Contrarian. And it's a five-star child review titled Best Kiss Podcast. And they write, I can't spell my own name, but I can rate this podcast. I love listening to Zeus and Tom while driving to the candy store in my 35 Chevy on a 55 frame. But in all seriousness, great podcast talking about the good and ridiculousness of Kiss. Ooh, Contrarian. That is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to write that. We love that you get our humor. We love that you appreciate us talking about the good and the ridiculousness of Kiss. That's what it's all about. So thank you so much for that. We appreciate that. Yeah, that's, I mean, uh, we, I got to say something about that. You guys are incredible. So Tom and I, we were just talking about social media and we were going over, you know, uh, you know, how many followers and things like that. I look at other podcasts or even friends of ours and other, uh, you know, celebrities or whatever. And they have like, I don't know, 10,000 followers and things like that. I'm like, do you ever see interaction like ours? Like, no, not even close. Nope. You guys fucking rock. 
You make yep. our social media accounts so fucking active, especially like Twitter, uh, our Facebook groups, uh, f- shout out loudcasters, Facebook group itself. And now Instagram is becoming big. You can fucking comment on us there. We love it. And so when we've been kind of saying a couple things, you know, we just did the Jericho friggin' album review crew on slave to the grind it that just got picked up by one of the news articles i think it was sleaze rocks that wrote about it sleaze rock yep yeah and so that gets posted you guys retweet that for us i can't even tell you how much we appreciate all you guys that just retweet our stuff or post comments and retweet with a comment or give us a compliment we like we we can't like we're so proud of you guys and our followers that's what we boast about so you know, lately we've been saying to you guys that we are the number one kiss podcast. I'm not saying that to fucking, you know, it's not a dick fucking waving contest. Not it's at all. Because I'm proud that Tom and I got this podcast with all of our listeners out to everybody. It didn't happen just because our podcast and we got good tags and people got and started listening to us because we tagged the right fucking things on platforms for podcasts the way we became the number one kiss podcast ranked podcast not your mother's world's best burgers shit we're talking ranked okay and this podcast i'm not saying youtube channel because we don't put our ugly mugs on tv so the reason that's happened is because of you guys and social in social media, yep. you guys reposting, you guys talking about us, you guys laughing at the latest fucking, you know, character we came up or latest fucking Stonehill legend or stupid story we brought up or silly fucking fart humor and, and, and stupid shit. You guys doing that made us. So it's not just like it's like a partnership. It's a family. We don't we do our part. You guys do the other part. And you guys brought us out to the masses and you guys get us to move up in the rankings and that we can boast that, you know, how hard that is to get to where we were two guys with no fucking musicianship. I don't know. I don't play an instrument. Tom is learning guitar. Like we don't have friends in the industry. We don't have, we didn't know anybody podcasting. We fucking looked up shit on YouTube, YouTube. (laughs) And we started this podcast with the idea of like, we think we're funny. And let's talk about Kiss the way we want to talk about Kiss. We wanted to be the band that we wanted to see. That No, that's exactly right. We said we wanted to be the Kiss podcast that we would want to listen to. But to, but to, 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 to double down on what Zeus said, you guys, I think one of the biggest things that I'm proud of, that we're proud of, is that you guys are part of this with us, that we're not standing on high. And looking down at our listeners and our fans, like you're, you're part of this with us. And every time we do an episode and you guys interact and comment and share and retweet and send emails and questions and comments and silly things like that's part of the show. And that continues to get growing because it becomes a community. And then you have kiss fans are like, Oh, wow. I see all those people. They're all talking about this album or this episode or that comment. And it becomes something that everybody wants to be a part of, not just a show to listen to. And that's thanks to you guys. It's exactly it. 
that stuff is what I feel that I can boast this. I'm boasting about us. Okay. I'm boasting about our community, our family, our fucking listeners, our fans, our fucking are incredible. So yep. yeah. And we are proud to say that. And uh, thank you for getting us there. And guess yep. what? Let's get even better. Mm-hmm. We're not done and we don't think you're done. So right. whenever you get a chance, us loudcasters out there, loud and proud, be out there, share, comment, post, follow, review. All that shit is helpful to us. Mm-hmm. And we really fucking appreciate it. Okay. Hell yes. Now, Tom, before we end our show, we usually do famous last words. What do you got there? Now that you got me real worked up what you gonna do with me now that you got me really hot i'm easy to please down on your knees i'm talking about satisfaction (laughs) you gotta get daryl to move that song please into the fucking mick jagger david bowie dance in the street Please, Daryl, we love you, buddy. We know you can do that. He's all right. He's done great work with us before. He did Disco Strutter. He's done the Borat shit before. Oh, he's great. Here we go. Little girl, going to make your bed in the night. Yeah. Now you say you're going away, but I will keep your heart. And you will cry when you realize you were wrong. Run on! Love it. Oh my God. That song fucking kicks ass. A new compilation where we both have it ranked number one. Wow. Album cover, number one song, and album itself. Wow. Who knows if that's ever going to happen again? Wow. Tom, thank you. Loudcasters, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. You guys are the best. Thank you, everybody out there. Loudcasters, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram followers, everybody, Patreon, and of course, Zeus, you're the best. Peace out, Girl Scout. Spock, I'll get you another time when you're not feeling a little too jerky, okay? Okay. I'll call you back. Yeah. Right. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com. 
Pantheon.com. Code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.